0: You're listening to the Church 2911 Sermons Podcast. You can find notes for this message along with more information about our church by visiting church2911.com. Here's our lead pastor, Rick Hand, with this week's message.
1: Testing. What? Okay, I'm here. Good. I'm here. <laughs> Uh, I really enjoyed last month, but I am really going to enjoy today. okay? Y'all can see my wife's not sitting up here, because she knows this morning I'm talking about a little three-letter word, you know, Valentine's, it's close to it, you know, so we get to talk about something today. It's an excuse for me to talk about it, and I have to talk about it, okay? So uh, we're starting a a new series, Reclaim Relationships, and today we're going to talk about reclaiming purity, all right? Um, and, um... Before we get there, let's do a little bit of an introduction. I, I've just got so much I need to say today, so I'm, I'm going to kind of hurry right here. Let me, let me say this is going to be just a little different because um, a lot of times what a sermon is about is getting you some information. But today what I really want to do is I want to tweak you enough, give you some stuff to go home and chew on. I want you to think about, I want you to be thinking about this weeks after today of stuff for you to be thinking about and chewing on and not because I think a lot of times what we'll hear two or three things you say, yeah, yeah, I agree, I agree and then we forget about it. I hope you take this and you really uh, and you really begin to dig into that and start thinking about that. Okay, so reclaim relationships. Um, from the very beginning God has been putting us in relationships let's go on to that first slide right there Adam and Eve right he didn't just make Adam and make Eve you know he could have made them put them on opposite sides of the garden, but he brought them together right Uh, and then kids and parents uh, we find there in uh, Psalms we see that God says hey there kids are a gift from me but then we find in uh, several places in Scripture, but Ephesians especially, that's a good place where, where God just lays it out. Is this is how the family is supposed to fit together. So he, he puts kids and, and parents in relationship together. And Then, of course, we have friends where uh, Scripture tells us to encourage one another. And he tells us there um, in Ecclesiastes how that we are better together. You ever heard that, better together? We are better together. You know, God said that before anybody else said that. He, that's the way he created you and so we are better together than of course the church and uh, listen God didn't create the church so that you'd have a place to go on Sunday morning You know, he didn't create the church even for you to be a part of the church He created This this thing that we are and then when you become a Christian you you ask him to forgive you of your sins When you start following him you are the church so let me, let me say it this way to you because this kind of brings a little more home. It's not just scripture up there. It's this. You know, we got quite a few first-time attenders today and some, I'd say, first-month attenders. You've been here for a little bit. You know, and, and listen, I hope you're not looking for a place to attend because we don't want to be that. We don't want, 2911 has no desire to be a place for you to attend. We hope that you're looking for a place to be part of the church because that's who he called you to be. Because he put us in all of these relationships and, and he puts people around us all the time and connects us with this. So, we're gonna be talking about those things this month. But today, we're talking about reclaiming purity, all right? Purity, reclaiming purity. Now, it, is purity something that is missing in our world today? Is purity something that maybe isn't as much of a, of a goal or as much of a, 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 of a discipline? Of our lives today is it something that really does need to be reclaimed then if so who's the ones that are going to lead the charge in reclaiming purity right it's going to be it's going to be the church it's going to be the ones who are following God because that's his goal okay let me take you to a story and this is a The woman at the well I mentioned her just a couple of weeks ago and and uh, man she just fits into so many her story fits into so many sermons because there is a ton of sermons uh, right there in that one little story. there are a ton of sermons right there in that one little story I just want to take one little piece out of it today Uh, we got other scriptures to read today just want to take this one little piece Jesus says to her go and get your husband and she replies I don't have a husband Jesus says you're right now he knew that right He didn't really want her to go get her husband. He knew that, and we know that because of what he tells her after this. He said, you're right. You don't have a husband. You have had five husbands, and you aren't even married to the man you're living with now. You certainly spoke the truth. Okay, so let's think about her history here for just a moment. She gets married. Something happens to this dream marriage that she's got. She gets divorced. She gets married again. You know, the dream kind of falls apart and she gets divorced she gets married again and the dream isn't what she was hoping it would be and she gets divorced she gets married again and something doesn't work out with this marriage and she gets divorced she gets married again and it still doesn't work out and she gets divorced and then she meets a guy and she says why get married Nobody came to my last two weddings, right? <laughs> They're tired of bringing me wedding gifts, right? You know, the rabbis, they don't even want to talk to me anymore, so why get married, and so they just move in together. Let, let, me, let me tell you, uh, you know, this is a part I wish David could come up here and just kind of share with you a little bit. When we got married, we got married really, really young. We have been married, wait a minute, let me count up, 40, <laughs> this is July, 44 years. Yeah, David was two years old when I married her, right? <laughs> So, but when we got married, we were really young. And uh, I, I love the story where David talked. where she, she was asked when we were engaged and starting to talk about marriage, she, she was almost about ready to graduate high school and, and the way she told her, to, her teacher asked her, she was telling her and all these dreams that we had, you know, of how everything's going to be perfect, perfect. you know, this is going to be perfect, oh, this is going to be cute, this is going to be, you know, and all that kind of stuff. And, and you know what, then we got married and guess what? It, it wasn't anything like we really thought it was in all of those things right can anybody relate anybody anybody you know what i'm talking about you know and so things didn't happen you know things weren't exactly the way we thought they would be but we fought through stuff when we had problems we fought through it when we didn't know what to do we 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 just found a way to do it anyway and when we still couldn't make it happen even when we didn't know what to do we talked to god and god helped us make it and here we are almost 44 years later i mean we're blessed we are so blessed you know we might have to you know uh once i retire you know in, in another 20 years or whatever I might have to come by and eat a meal with you or something you know uh, may, you know may not be blessed financially in all the ways we want to but we're so blessed i mean we can go and we can go into so many places we can go to chicago and i got i got friends i can pick up the phone right now and call we can go into wisconsin we go into arkansas iowa oklahoma texas and and, uh, and uh, you know and then all over the state of alabama we just had so many opportunities to be in ministry and touch so many lives and it's god has just blessed us and 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 our kids b- both of our kids are licensed ministers and grandkids you y'all, y'all know my grandkids if you don't see me after church i'll show you pictures i mean we're 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 so blessed in so many ways because now listen the dream is not what the, we thought the dream would be but it's better we had this list of things we thought the dream would be and you know we've scratched out a few of those but, man, God has written so many more things on the list that the dream has actually become. So the dream has been fulfilled. It just looks a little different than it did. But this woman right here that Jesus met at this well, she had given up on the dream. I mean, that's what she did, right? I'm at the dream of, you know, 2.5 kids, you know, uh, you know four-bedroom house, two-car garage, all that kind of stuff. She had given up on any whatever the dream was back in those days. She had given up on that. She's now just living with a guy because, hey, I've tried it five times. It don't work for me. There is no dream. She had given up on the dream. And you know what? I think in some ways her, her story is a microcosm of, of the history of our country, at least over the past, maybe the past century. And I, I know people say, well, well, pastor, people have always gotten divorced, not just the last century. Pe- pastor, people have always committed adultery and other sins and whatever, not just over the last century or whatever. But you know the difference? The difference is something has happened where we've watched like, like with her with you know, five times over and over and over like generation after generation after generation in our country we have watched people try and, and lose it try and the dream doesn't work out and instead of trying to push through it just give up and try to look for something else and, and, and then what, what do we do is we say well you know monogamy is you know that's, that's just a fantasy it doesn't really happen you know being married you know that, that just doesn't work for me Purity, well, you know, that was good for, you know, the Puritans. But for us, and people have given up on purity. That's why this first sermon this, in this series is about reclaiming the purity. Okay? You see, it. we kind of can say, well, I just don't see that happening. I know some of you say, well, I just don't understand monogamy. I don't believe having one partner for the rest of your life. But see, I, I can't envision anything else. I I just don't see any other I I don't see how it works any other way I mean, I I just can't imagine my life being anything but me and Deva for the rest of our lives I I, I just don't see it working anyway. It's not just that it's God's plan and it's not just that that he tells us to it is Possible it is reachable. It is a goal. It is something that he will enable all of us To go for, and and I know somebody say, "I've already, you know, I'm right behind this lady." You know, I've already been married and divorced several times, or whatever. Uh, Listen, I'm not talking about yesterday. I'm talking about right now, and going forward. All the mistakes you've made and all the sins that you've made, don't, don't those aren't to be worried about today? They're under the blood. I'm talking about going forward. God wants to give you an amazing dream and purity, monogamy, marriage. All of it is still in the cards for you. If you're willing to follow God's way Uh, let me me show you this this is in first Thessalonians and and this is this is a lot of stuff right here Uh, and so I got a hurry to get through this because I got a lot to preach this morning God's will is for you to be holy Now listen you hear people talking about God's will today God wants you to be free God wants you to be delivered God wants you to be healed God want yeah God wants all those things but here also God's will is for you to be holy you know one of the reasons God wants you to be holy because unholiness an unholy life impurity fight against all those other things he wants to give you if he gives you freedom he gives you liberty if he gives you healing if he gives you those things but you start living an unholy life it's gonna fight against all those things that he's trying to give you and you're gonna see those things slip right through your fingers and out of your life so this is this is maybe the first thing we need to be focused on because if we get this then we're not fighting against what God wants to bring in our lives God wants you to be holy so stay away from all Boy, that's a big word right there. Oh, sexual sin. Then each of you will control his own body and live in holiness and honor. Again, there's that word, holy. Not in lustful passion like the pagans who do not know God and his ways. And I know we're always saying, well, we don't do that. Wait a minute. We're getting there, okay? Never harm or cheat a fellow believer in this matter by violating his wife. Wait a minute, what'd that say? (laughs) Don't don't cheat him by violating his wife? Okay, we wouldn't do that. We wouldn't commit adultery, would we? I mean, we wouldn't commit adultery with someone else's wife. I mean, that's not who we are. We don't. We don't do that kind of thing. But, but 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 let me ask you this question: Is what about if we don't commit adultery physically, but we're lusting after, or we're having a little bit too much contact with someone who is married to another person? Said, so, well, is that committing adultery? Well, wait, let me ask you this question: Is it maybe if it's not cheating that brother or that person, is it cheating your spouse? If you're having lustful thoughts, and and listen, lustful thoughts can enter your mind at any moment. But what you've got to do is you got to say, I ain't dwelling on that. Put that out of your mind and go on. So, what's, is he saying that, or is he just saying you're only you're only violating when you actually do the, do a, an act with with your body? Never harm him by violating his wife. Lord avenges all such sins. That's okay. That, that makes this serious, right? That God avenges all such sins. As we have solemnly warned you before, God has called us to live holy lives, not impure lives. There's that word again. Therefore, anyone who refuses to live by these rules is not disobeying human teaching. You're not disobeying what I'm saying today, but rejecting God who gives his Holy Spirit to you. So then that question of, uh, is it just when you actually commit adultery with your body? Is that what he's talking about here? Well, let me remind you what Jesus said in Matthew chapter 5, verse 28. But I say, anyone who even looks at a woman with lust has already committed adultery with her in his heart. Purity is not just about sex. Bring me that quote, that that point here. Purity is also character, it's about character, it's about integrity. Instead of thinking sexual purity, think moral purity. I mean, when we think purity, yeah, we start thinking about sex. But it's about everything. You see that scripture right there when Jesus says this. It's we don't actually we're not sinning at the moment that we start doing something with our bodies. We started sinning before then, according to Jesus. Once you start thinking about doing that, you you're already doing it in your heart. You've already got the sin that's right there. Think about this: if you rob a bank, you have not committed sin when the money gets into your hand. You went and bought a gun. You made plans. You walked around the the bank and looked at the looked to see where the cameras were and all those things, right? I mean, it, it, you just finally did it with your hands, but it was already in here. That's what Jesus is saying: we already start doing this in our heart before it actually happens. Let's go just a little deeper. Can we go a little deeper, just a little bit? A little, not getting any amens today, right now. <laughs> Romans chapter one, verse thirty-two, and there, here's where the Word of God has been talking about sin evil these are the words that were used just for this verse sin evil wickedness depravity and he's warning us to not be like these people he says although they know God's righteous decree that those who do such things evil wickedness sin depravity they're worthy of death they not only continue to do these things but also approve of those who practice them now we don't approve of people who sin do we now, wait a minute before we jump at that what, what's this word approve mean well the Greek word actually means this to think well of to assent to to feel gratified with that's what it means to approve this Greek word that is there in that scripture in, in that verse that's what it means so if we dig into that what does that mean it means they commend and applaud those who practice sin I don't know if there's ever been a time I, I, I don't think there's ever been a time in this nation's history in the world yes But in this nation's history, I don't believe there's ever been a time where people have applauded sin more than we do today. And they take pleasure in these sins of others, perhaps patronizing them as a customer would. Patronizing, being a part of. From here, you know, not doing it with my body, but being, being, being a part of it, you know, and patronizing, paying for it being like a customer now we've laid a pretty good foundation of where we want to go for the rest of this sermon but I want to talk real plainly to you now okay as if that wasn't plain enough right (laughs) am am I preaching or meddling today (laughs) what what is it but is it okay to go on if it's not okay to go on I guess you're free to get up and leave you know nobody makes you stay here but can we talk plainly for just a moment Because I think what we do is we read these scriptures, like I said a few moments ago, and we say, well, yeah, I get that, get that, get that, but then we don't connect the dots. Let's connect the dots, okay? I've got a 12-year-old grandson, and whenever we're watching TV or a movie together, and we're we're enjoying ourselves, you know, and he's enjoying something, you know, Spider-Man is swinging through the streets or something like that, and then all of a sudden his good time is interrupted by somebody wanting to kiss Spider-Man. You know, and you know what he does? Every time, it doesn't matter what we're watching, every time he says, yuck, (laughs) and and it's not like yuck, it's like just a disgusted yuck, (laughs) it's like what did they have to put that in my movie, right, and you know what, I'm going to be honest with you, and I'm going to start sounding old right here, okay, but I'm going to risk sounding old because you need to know the truth, is I also am a little uncomfortable at times when I see people kissing on TV, (laughs) oh wow pastor, really, you don't even like it, no, no, no. When I see an actor or an actress that I know is married to someone else, and I see them passionately kissing. Because what the passion that, you know, that's what I think is, I I mean, a peck on the cheek, you know, I, i give my grandmother one of those, you know. But the passion that you see people, I mean, on sitcoms that we like, and you just realize, that person's married to somebody else. And all the passion that they had to build inside of them to make that believable. I said, "Well, wait a minute. Pastor, they're, they're, they're just, that's not any different than you watching a crime show, right? It's not any different than SEAL team bl- blowing somebody away with a gun. No, listen, when I'm watching the SEAL team, I know that those guns are loaded with blanks. But if I'm watching something and a passionate love scene comes on, those aren't mannequins performing that act that I'm watching. Let's say this this way: When culture is out of step with God's plan, Christians should be uncomfortable. When culture is out of step with God's plan, Christians should be uncomfortable. I'm a, I'm uncomfortable when I say that, I'm, and I'm just talking about kids. Oh, well, let me take you another step with that, okay? Still sounding like an old guy right here, okay? I am not, and and I always I tell people don't ever say never. But I never ever I I don't say never very often I never ever will be okay with my wife in a lip lock with some other guy (laughs) y'all know what a lip lock is what we used to call it when we were teenagers right that's not a peck on the cheek right (laughs) I will never be okay with that it doesn't matter I don't care how big the multi-million dollar movie contract is I will never be okay with my wife in a lip lock with another guy okay if that's true, I got an amen, I got a lot of laughs, but I only got one amen, right? Are you? When you And some of you aren't married yet. When you get married, will you? I mean, you're establishing how you feel about marriage during your dating times. And so how do you feel about that? Will you be okay? Somebody offers your spouse, you know, in a few years, offers your spouse $10 million to go on a screen and get, uh uh-uh. I'd love to have $10 million, but that is a much higher price than $10 million. And I'm not willing to pay that. No way. Am I willing to give that for no amount of money? Absolutely not. My marriage is worth a whole lot more than that. My relationship with her is worth a whole lot more than that. Then let's take the next step in this. Perhaps if there is something I would not be okay with my spouse doing, I should not watch someone else's spouse do it. I told you, I didn't want to just give you truths. So I wanted to give you something to think about. That when we, when I have decided this is how I feel about marriage, that's not just my marriage. As a Christian, this is how I feel about marriage. It is this strong. And if that's the case, then I feel that way about my marriage. about your marriage and about your marriage and about your marriage and about the marriage of the people on the TV shows that I I like to watch or the movie that me and my grandkids are watching I have that same attitude and so to say I will never let but then I enjoy watching it just sounds like there's a hole in my integrity somewhere because that word that we read a few moments ago and then uh, that approve is, is, is about commending and applauding and enjoying and patronizing and that just doesn't work that way let's, let's talk about windows real quick y'all know what a window is everybody got one in your house right uh, we did live in a place one time for a short trial that didn't have any windows and i mean it was horrible you know you sleep all day you better set your alarm clock because no windows i mean, you know you wake up at 10, 12 o'clock and wonder if it's still five or six you know and you, you just don't realize because no windows but uh, we were only there for a little while and but that's a that's that's a story you, you you ought to hear it sometime okay but we know what windows are right I mean we look at all kinds of windows back I don't know when there's this one uh and I meant to look it up again but I keep I kept forgetting to look it up but I found this during COVID I don't know if it started sometime before but there's this one app or this one website and it was like it's not called this but it was like windows to the world and you sign up and then you you take a, a video you shoot a short video clip out your window of what your view is out your window, and then you upload it, and then people just hit, they can just hit refresh, refresh, and people from all over the world, and it was so cool because it would tell you what city that was, and, and you could just look, and you know, people have gardens, and, and people live on the water, you know, and up in the mountains, you'd see snow, you'd see rain, some places, some people lived in some really bad places too, you know, and it was really cool, you know, It's kind of like a window of the world, so we know what windows are, right, you know, and there's a lot of ways we access windows today, all right, I'm on a medal again right here. Okay, just go ahead and warn you. I'm on a medal. There is no way any of us would go stand outside our neighbor's bedroom window and watch them undress. Or if they're married, watch them <clears throat> be married. I've tried to keep this PG this morning. I don't know if you realize that or not, okay? So we would not do that. And not just because it's illegal or an invasion of privacy or downright creepy, you know? We would not do that because inside we know that's not right to do. But then, people all over the world are sitting in their recliners looking through the windows at the exact same thing. What's the difference? What is the difference in standing in my neighbor's window and standing in a window that's connected to a cable box and watching the same thing? Or, or, or sitting at a desk and, you know, and looking at a window that's connected to Wi-Fi and watching the same What is the difference? What is the difference? <laughs> See? I told you I was going to meddle, but I also told you I was going to give you something to think about. Oh, I hope Holy Spirit do your work. But the next time I look at one of those windows, you remind me. I wouldn't do this in this other place. Let me let me tell you about a really good tool. I can tell you about several. I, mean, I throw this one in. I thought about this last night, and I don't have it in my notes because I just thought about it last night. I need to tell you about Angel. Uh, you know, if you, if you want to watch movies without, you know, without all the crap, you need to check out VidAngel or ClearPlay, okay? If you want to watch Marvel, you got to go ClearPlay, all right? It's a little clunkier, but you can still do it. You can filter out all that stuff you want to filter out. And uh, I, that's the only way I've been able to watch a lot of movies with my grandkids is because we can filter that kind of stuff out. And so ClearPlay, VidAngel, if, if you didn't get that, ask me. I'll tell you what they are later. Show them to you. Okay, I, I use both of them, $7.99 a month, I don't know, something like that, it's so that I can filter out that stuff. and I don't have, Okay, there, here's another tool. Have you all ever heard of the remote control? Anybody, anybody I started to bring one to show In case y'all had not ever seen one Let me tell you There are three buttons on the remote control That are a Christian's best friend Alright And and uh, I think sometimes We're underusing these buttons The first one is the fast forward button now, Dave and I, we've got several, uh, you know, several uh, apps that we watch TV with, but our, our main platform is YouTube TV. And if something's going on that we don't like to watch, you know, for Dave, it's mostly commercials, you know, then we just hit that button, you know, and it jumps ahead 15 seconds, you know. And uh, so that, that happens to me sometimes. I'm watching a crime drama or whatever, and I like crime dramas. And then all of a sudden, this guy and girl, they decide they'll, they'll talk. And I'm not even talking about just sex or something. But, I mean, you know, I'm watching a crime drama. If I wanted to watch a guy and a girl sit on a couch and talk about their feelings for 10 minutes, I'd watch a soap opera. Can I get an amen? <laughs> you know? And so pff, I hit that little fast forward button. It jumps 15 seconds ahead. If they're still talking, 15 seconds ahead. If they're still talking, 15. I've skipped a, I've I, you know, I shortened the crime dramas a lot sometimes when that's happening, right? Fast forward button. Let me tell you about another one. It's called the channel select button. You know, up, down, up, down, right? right? I know you use that. You know, when your show is over, I know you use that to change channels, but do you ever use it in the middle of the show? I mean, I I think in this day and age that you and I live in, a Christian at times is going to have to use that channel button in the middle of some of the TV programs that we have on TV today. And there's a really, really powerful button on that remote too. You know what it's called? Yes. How long has it been since you used the fast-forward or the channel button or the power button like a Christian should? How long? Give you something to think about. I hope you get home, you look at that remote and say, huh, huh. I hope you pick it up next week and say, hmm, hmm. And I hope the next time, and let me tell you something. I just don't get uncomfortable, pastor, something wrong with me, let me tell you something. The more you use that fast-forward or channel, select, or power button on your remote, the more uncomfortable you will get because the more you start taking a stand against crap coming into your life and into your mind and through your eyes, the more uncomfortable you're going to be with it being around you. Let me wrap this up with one thing. This is a, listen, sex is not this thing that's over here separate from every other thing in your life, okay? That's the way a lot of people treat it today. It's, it's it's over here and it's 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 you know I, I can I can do this I can be holy on Sunday I can I can treat my wife or my husband well I can take care of my kids and all of those things I can be an upstanding citizen se- and, and, and sex is over here but the way I the way I choose to live my sexual life is it's a, no no it's not that it is not a separate thing and, and I'm not saying this because I didn't create your life I didn't create sex I didn't create any of this but the one who created it did not create it to be a separate thing over here that you just do how you want to you know how he created it right you know here's here's a little diagram to show you it is part of a three-piece package that always fits together always fits together marriage sex and family always fits together it's in this package now do you know what the strongest, I like this, because you, this diagram, because you know what the strongest shape is if you think in construction-wise? Think about it. You know what the strongest shape is? I guess you kind of got a hint, right? <laughs> Triangle. If you don't believe me, go home, get four boards and four hinges, hook them together, those four boards by hinges, and you know what you're going to have? You're not going to have a square anymore. You're going to have a parallelogram for about five seconds until you have this. But you take one of those boards out, one of those hinges away, and you hook that together, even with hinges. Y'all know what hinges do, right? This, but you hook up those three with hinges and it's going to stay a triangle. You can't push it down because it's exactly what it's intended to be. A square will become a parallelogram with enough force, but a triangle will always be a triangle. That's good. So that means when you... Take something away from this, or you add to it, it is no longer as strong as it was intended to be. When you try to take sex out of this and put it over here as something else you do at some other time and some other way, the way you decide to do it, then the rest of that falls. You take the rest of that falls. It's no longer there. You don't have it holding everything together. And when you start adding to, you add an affair into there, and what happens? You know, and, and let me go ahead and say this while I'm here. And I, I, I'm already over on the time I meant to spend with you already in this sermon. But let me say this while I'm here. And if you have a friend that is too close in the middle of this, that's going to destroy this as well. You have one best friend. When you say I do, you have one best friend for the rest of your life. And everybody else is over here. They can be a part of your life, but they can't be a part of this. Now you start adding to this, or you add lust, you add porn anything you add to this is going to destroy the strength of this but how does this thing work we get married two people get married they procreate and what do you have you have a family and what happens when those family members begin to grow up they get married they procreate and they have families that then grow up to get married. Do you see what's going on here? God is, I saw it again the other day, I think it was maybe even yesterday, this guy that he was asked this question about, you know, one of those questions people ask about, why did God do this? He said, God didn't do that. Why does God tell you you've got to do it this way? God didn't tell you you had to do it this way. That's why so many of us are messed up is he doesn't make us do it this way. But this is how he creates it and this is the only way that it really works. when we do it this way and if we do it this way because he created it this way he created sex to be a part of marriage for procreation so we can have families you take any of that out of there you take marriage out of there and all you've got is sex because sex alone will not produce a family it'll produce kids but it won't produce a family not without commitment based on the love that God gave us for one another but when we do this right There is nothing stronger in the world than this right here. Nothing stronger in the world because that's the way he created it to be.
0: Thanks for listening to the Church 2911 Sermons Podcast. If you have a need, we would love to pray with you. You can connect with our prayer team by emailing prayer at church2911.com or by texting 205-476-2911. You can learn more about our church by visiting us online at church2911.com and by connecting with us on Facebook and Instagram at church2911. We hope this message has encouraged you and reminded you that God loves you and has an amazing dream for your life. As always, we dare you to dream.